0: Alright guys, welcome back to the Buck Fever Podcast. We've got a good one for you here today. Um, It's just going to be us, just the the Buck Fever crew. I think everybody's going to be hopping on actually. Um, I've got Jake and Eli with me right now. I think Colby's going to be joining us in a little bit. Um, And we're just going to be chatting about some of the bucks that we've got on camera. Some of the last minute items that we're hoping to get done before the season starts. And hopefully give out a couple of tips on what you guys might want to be looking for to make sure you get done as well. Um, So it'll just be a a quick one, just us tonight, no guest. And then we've got a couple of guests lined up and and some other fun stuff coming up here before the season starts. So um, I guess we'll kick things off with Eli. We've kind of got a couple of pictures from you here before we got going on some Pretty nice looking bucks and, and a couple ones that are pretty nice and maybe even passable so if you want to chat a little bit about what you guys have going on for prospects this year.
1: Yeah. We have uh, we have a buck that um, for for those that have viewed our videos is uh, Mr. Krabs one year later and He has uh, ballooned into a really, really nice buck. So last year he was a mainframe nine uh, with good height, you know, decent mass. And we were thinking that he was either a three or four-year-old, we were leaning towards four. um, But this year he's a a mainframe 10. He's got the crab claws on both sides, and he's got a... uh, for sure, one side is a split G2 or it's a G2 with the kicker coming off the front, and then the other side has the same feature that is starting to grow. I don't know if it'll end up being a scoreable point, but he's a, he's a no doubter. Uh, we got another one who's uh, just a big tank of an eight-pointer. Uh, he probably goes, we'll just conservatively say 20 wide, um, but he's got a lot of mass, um, and decent height. He's just a he's a cool buck. And then there's uh, another one, the mainframe ten. Uh, that he's a big body deer. I would consider him more of a more of a call buck. I mean, he's really nice. He's probably hundred and forty inch ten, but uh, he's not. One of our top prospects, and then we have one other buck that uh, Pat and I are in the debate um, whether he's a three or four year old. And uh, as of this moment, I am I am going to pass him without knowing exactly how old he is. But he's a nice deer, mainframe ten. He's got a split G2 on, I believe it's left left side. Um, and then the real exciting one is a, what we think is a two year old um, nine pointer that is wide, tall. And you know, this year is probably a 145, 100, 150 inch deer. And we're thinking he's two, possible that he's three, but um, we have him on the for sure, um, for sure let him walk list so he can have a chance to really develop and, and grow into his full potential.
0: Yeah, so it's safe to say that you guys are looking pretty decent going into the year here with uh, 145, 150 incher that you're thinking about passing on.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's a good, good problem to have Definitely. And then there's a couple from last year that we're still waiting on uh, getting pictures of. Uh, These bucks last year, we didn't really have pictures of them early season. So uh, once they make that shift here, uh, once the velvet comes off and they shift their their core areas, hopefully some of those deer move back in. And hopefully we don't (laughs) have couple of the deer that we're targeting, uh, vacate
0: and
1: disappear on us.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I'll go over to you now, Jake. I know you've got a, a couple of bucks popping up here. I've been pretty, pretty quiet on the trail camera front so far. Um, a couple of shooters showing up every seven to 10 days, maybe a lot of nighttime pictures. Um, just not super consistent yet. So maybe going to be more of a, a later season push, for me, but I know you've got a couple showing up so far.
2: Yeah, we got
3: probably
2: two for sure. Three that I would shoot. One's a buck. He's, he's he's a tank. He's got a really good right side. Main, he would have been a mainframe 10, but on his left side is just a club that comes out. I mean, I think he's got a, maybe a little brow tank going, but just a solid like like seven or eight inch club that comes out so i'm not really sure if he got if he's hurt or what happened but i don't know i sent these guys a picture and he's pretty big bodied he's for sure three and a half he might even be might be a four and a half so i'd probably shoot him if i saw him just because i don't know i think he looks kind of cool honestly but then we got a a pretty a mainframe frame 10 that is got some similar characteristics to the book my dad shot that we call the et He's probably only 13 wide but his he's got some decent twos and threes and his fours are pretty good plus his brow so I'd probably shoot him too and then that uh, the other one is uh one we call junkie i don't know if it's him from like when he was a year and a half but he's got like he's got like five points down by his brow times so he's just coming out all over the place and his his horns are kind of goofy the way they go and they're crooked so but he's a mainframe 10 with all that junk. He's probably got 13 scorable points. Um, He's pretty decent. I'd probably shoot him for sure. And then we got a wide 10. That's I'm pretty sure he's got the same genetics of all of the freak and the freak juniors that I've had the last few years. So I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd shoot him right away or if I'd shoot him at all. But he's on the watch list. We had another cool one show up that I sent you guys a picture of that's He's, like, tall and just wide open, but he's he's in eight I don't know. I'd probably pass on him, but he's cool looking. We had him early in the year, and then he came back, like, you know, about it's been a month and a half since I had a picture of him. So
0: he's cool, but
2: there's, a, there's one or two for sure that I'd be happy to take.
0: Yeah, you've got some prospects for now, but you guys always tend to have nice ones showing up throughout the season too and especially once you get into like mid to late october and then get into some of the pre-rut and the rut you're gonna have plenty of shooters showing up right and that one buck is a shame because he's like he's got like a 65 inch right side yeah and then
2: The, the first picture we had of him we couldn't tell what he was and then my dad right away said, is he missing a side? And he was like way off in the distance. And I was like, I don't think so. And then like later that night he came back through and yeah, he's missing a whole side. I mean, just a club, but he probably would have been like 18, 17 wide and mainframe 10. His brow time is almost like six inches already on his left side or his right side. So it sucks.
0: But yeah. I mean with that other side developing in a similar fashion, you're looking at a one forty something year probably right. so that sucks but it, it's like you said it's still a, a mature buck and would be a cool one to shoot so i'm i'm right. definitely looking forward to it you guys have a lot of promising pictures starting to show up
1: yeah we um, had one like that last year jake um call him hooch and that's actually that that buck where i said that he's a five or six year old that just doesn't have a great rack um Last year he just had like a club kind of thing on the one side, but just a huge-bodied deer. Um, but you know they don't all they don't all grow, you know, 170-inch um, antlers on them.
2: Right. I'm surprised he grew another side to him. So maybe I maybe I won't. I'll hold off or see what see what he looks like. I haven't had a picture of him in like a week or two. So. We'll yeah. see what his side's looking like.
0: Right, for sure. Well, it looks like Colby might be ready to go here now, so I'll bring him into this thing and we'll have the whole gang together. I know we've got a little get-together planned at, at Colby's place coming up here. So I know he's been busy little beaver. Colby, hey, what's up? Hey, you are on the Buck Fever podcast. All right. (laughs) Oh, it's just me right now. I got to merge us here quick, and then we're back.
2: Looking at those, that that other one, and all your other bucks—that he's probably too, which is awesome.
0: Okay, we're back. There's Jake and Eli. Colby, you're still with us. What's up, fellas? What's up, Colby? We've just been chatting about. some of the bucks that we've got on camera, saw some of the ones that you're going to be passing on, which kind of breaks my heart a little bit, but at the same time, totally understand it. You got a bunch of good prospects out there.
3: Yeah, for sure. There's, I'm sure you guys have talked about it, but there's a really big nine point that is, you know, three, three at the most could even be two. He's definitely a small body and a, huge framed buck uh but i think he's getting the pass because he could be something really special
0: yeah we we covered it a little bit and i know you and i talked about it previously but yeah it's something that you know when you have private land access like that it's decisions like that that you have to make sometimes you got to pass on really good deer so that they can turn into absolute mega giants someday
3: yeah, yeah I just one of those you kind of hope you don't even see, so that it doesn't even like make you have to make a decision.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: Well, yeah, if if I he... see him coming, I'm not even gonna pick up my bow. <laughs> well,
0: if he travels what? like thirty minutes north, I am gonna annihilate him. Just so you know.
1: As you should. <laughs>
0: that
3: happened uh, a couple years back though we had a a very similar body type deer a deer we called the perfect 10 he was oh man he was all a 140 plus uh just a perfect symmetrical 10 point rack and just a tiny body like if you'd cover up his rack he looked like a not even a medium-sized doe and I had him at 15 yards for like a half hour um, and I never, never even picked up the ball, but that was, uh, that was a tough one, I guess. Uh, especially cause yeah, I don't I, think he, he didn't make it through that year either. I don't think, I think he got, uh, no. killed or killed by another hunter or, or killed in a buck I think fight. I think, yeah. I think he's the
1: one that got killed in that, that buck fight. One of the neighbors found him dead and
2: he was gored. Really? Yep. <laughs> something you don't hear about every day
0: no i i've never seen it Hmm. yep well we kind of went over a lot of the the bucks that we've got prospects on now jake kind of shared some of his and um i've got a couple that are not necessarily consistent enough to consider major players yet but we'll see how the season shakes out but um, I know Eli had said before we got going there that you guys are pretty much wrapped up for the year as far as preparations goes. Maybe maybe one more minor little trip there. Um, do you guys know of anything that, any last minute items that you're trying to check off before the season rolls around here?
1: Yeah, it'll, it'll just be, um, I'll run down over Labor Day weekend and um, take a drive and, check water tanks and make sure that those are you know full or or most mostly full and if not i'll i'll top them off Um, but other than that i think we're good to go minus a couple of stands that we need to get like bow ropes in or um, we didn't have the right bow hanger with when we were when we were setting them up so other than that we are ready to let it rip
0: sure and the food plots that you guys have look amazing right now what what's the secret there
3: yeah i don't know good uh good seed to soil contact maybe uh and some timely rains actually afterwards uh, i know it's been pretty much a drought summer but we have gotten a couple timely rainfalls since that seed hit the dirt um yep I think it's just the type of seed. It's uh, kind of some some different. uh, What's in there? Like winter rye, some peas. um, Yeah. Some old, some some fast-growing, quick-establishing stuff that, uh, and there's some brassicas in there too. But that soil is also uh, pretty good as well. Um, But yeah, it's pleasantly growing extremely well so far. So. Yeah. Yeah. The
1: the day that the day that I planted it, I was out there tilling it up in a thunderstorm. Um, like I flew down there, the sky was black. I'm going, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> and I drove up and I, I was absolutely drenched, and probably not the smartest decision I've ever made. But I wanted to get that seed down while the while the ground was wet.
0: Well, whatever you did, it seemed to work. Really, really well. Ours are coming up, but not the greatest yet. I don't know if they get enough sunlight. But how are yours looking, Jake?
2: Um, we planted ours like I think it's going on this weekend will be the third weekend. Yeah, one, two, three. Third weekend since we planted. I think we're gonna head up there and just kind of do the same thing one last time. Make sure all the stands are good. Um, Fill up our water tanks because we won't be up there till opener then Um, and I can see two out of my five food plots through the camera and the one where it's more dirt like hard soil there it isn't the greatest I think because we got a ton of rain after I planted it so I'm afraid it might have washed it out a little bit but it's coming up and then the other one looks pretty good Uh, that's all radishes and turnips and that's in pretty sandy stuff so that one's starting to really go through with all this uh humid heat we're getting and then the other one i don't have a camera on so i don't know about that one but that's like pretty close to the sandy one so i'm assuming that'll be pretty similar and uh the corn i have two corn food plots that i planted at the end of july and i was up there and like when i planted those other food plots and in a week they already grew they already sprouted up like eight to ten inches so that'll be coming up in almost a month so i'm excited to go see what those look like this weekend hopefully they're up well foot or two or whatnot, so
0: Yeah, for sure. What else are you trying to tackle this weekend?
2: Um I'll probably do a little scouting. I I kinda wanna stay up there on Saturday night and drive around, see what we got. I mean more so around on the other Around us, uh, I was up there a couple weekends ago, driving around on a Friday night. When we got all those crazy storms, I was like racing home through it, which was crazy
0: because
2: <laughs> I thought the truck was gonna go off the road or trees were gonna. There, it was bad, but yeah, I, that one field that you and me and Gabby drove by that in like March when we, there was like 150 deer in it. Yep, there was like nine bucks up there that night, and then they were walking away into the sunset on the ridge. That's like, pretty cool. So we saw quite a few. Do a little more of that. Like I said, double check the all the the tree stands are ready to go. I got three cameras up there that I set cam, so I'll change those out. Uh, But after that, then we'll be out of there. Like I said, try and stay out for the last three weeks before opener and three or four, whatever it is. And we haven't been up there much in August. I planned once, and that was it. So I've been letting her letting her lay or letting her be pretty quiet up there.
0: Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah, I think we're going to be heading up um, this Sunday again. we still got a bunch of stuff to get done. We've got a stand that's like half hung to where I just couldn't get it fully hung up there um, with the equipment that I had at my disposal the last time we were there. And I think we're going to fertilize some of our plots again, top dress our peas and oats with some winter rye, And we got a bunch of shooting lanes to cut down. It's a lot of stuff to do, and I'd be a little bit more nervous about it in terms of, like, scaring deer away if we had a bunch more consistency coming from them. Um, But, I mean, we have does and fawns. We'll get a picture sent every 10 minutes of does and fawns running around on one of our cameras. But these bucks are so sporadic that I'm not too concerned about making all that racket up there. And we've still got – it'll be a solid three weeks before the season starts that we won't be touching it. Um, is that kind of like the rule of thumb that, that you would be going with, Jake, of like three weeks is kind of the last time you want to be up there?
2: Um. I mean, I wouldn't say it's a rule of thumb, but that's kind of what we kind of go by. But like I said, I don't know, I haven't told you this, but when I was up there the other – couple weekends ago i was driving on the four-wheeler and i drove within 30 yards of a doe and three fawns out in the bean field and they didn't even move they didn't, <laughs> didn't even care that i was there they had no care in the world so but if i was walking they would have freaked out and ran so i think as long as you're on the four-wheeler it's really not that big of a deal like if we're changing waters we i don't even get off the four-wheeler so i'm not spreading scent uh the noise, they're used to that noise of the four-wheeler, so it doesn't really bother them. At least that's what we've seen. Like, we've had deer where we drive by and they're in the woods and we're on the edge of the field and they don't even move, you know. So I think as long as you're not, you know, trouncing around like crazy, but three weeks, that'll give you plenty of time. To even if you do go in there and tear some stuff up on uh, the Sunday, that's plenty of time for it to settle back down.
0: Right. Eli, do you got any thoughts on that? How how long you might want to give it before opening day?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty much par for the course for what we're doing. Um, you know, my my trip is going to be on a four wheeler and I or the, the Ranger, and I'll be able to you know, see. Where water levels are at without even getting off. So if they're if they're decent, then I won't even bother getting off. There's a couple cameras that aren't cell cams that I'll probably pull cards and swap the cards out. But uh, you know that's that's pretty much it. Just stay out of there as much as you want to be out there and doing stuff. Best thing you can do is leave it alone. Right. At this point.
0: Have you guys noticed a similar thing as Jake? Like, if you're on the four wheeler, they don't really seem to mind as much.
1: Um, I think.
0: I think it has an impact
1: on them still, um, but not as much. And it depends on where you're at with the with the four wheeler. So if you're just out around the edge, I think you know that there's egg. Land everywhere, so they're pretty used to, you know, farmer running on a four wheeler, something along those lines. I it, I, I have noticed um, on nights where I get a text message from a landowner saying he went on a he went out on a ranger ride with his wife um, that you know deer movement has been impacted. We don't have. Many daylight pictures, um, but I think it probably keeps them keeps them laying down a little bit longer.
0: Right. That thing's
1: so loud though that, I mean, as soon as you're out of the area, they they know you're gone.
0: Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Well, Colby, I know that uh, this past weekend it looked like you uh, did a little bit of uh, practice shooting out there. You got into some. 3d target shoots you want to go over that a little bit
3: yeah i've been shooting my goal pretty regularly um over the last i don't know probably month at least when i've been home we've been gone on some family vacations and camping and stuff but when i'm home i basically have been shooting just about every night that i can and um i actually have like knock on wood, seem to have made some really nice progress breaking out of my target panic that I've been dealing with for the last, you know, year or two or whatever. Um, for anyone that doesn't really understand what target panic is, it's like not being able to hold your pin like on uh, on exactly where you want to put it. Um, a lot of times my pin will hover like down below it, and I just like can't physically or could not physically like put the pin up on the target. Um and hold it there or let it float. You know, a lot of times I say you should be able to let it float back and forth. Um and then you just squeeze, 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 squeeze the trigger. Um and I just could not get the pin to, to go up on the target. It would hover below and then I would, you know, quick raise it up to it. And as soon as it hit the target, then you punch the trigger. Like that's classic target panic. Um but I got some advice from my one of my neighbor friends, my good buddy, and <clears throat> he talked about blank bail shooting. So bringing the the target up to three, three yards, five yards away, you know, closing your eyes and just focusing on the shot. Um, And I was mixing that into a lot of sequences of shooting or or just some nights just plain, just that's all I did. Um, but really what I think helped me is another drill that he told me about was just start shooting that target at like literally three yards, five yards, seven yards. Um, because at that such close distance, it's like impossible not to have your pin on like the bullseye. Like oh, yeah. it was so easy, it was so easy for me to keep it on the bullseye because it's so close. Um, so then I just kept building confidence. And again, I just, so many nights, that's all I shot was like, I'd shoot 50 arrows at five yards, which seems ridiculous, but I would hold the pin there on the target and I'd be able to hold it and it would just keep building that confidence. Like, okay, I can hold the pin on the bullseye and I can let it float. Um, And then I just kind of kept backing it up and I'm out to, I'm out to very comfortably shooting pretty good groups again up to 35 yards. And then this last weekend I got into a, I love shooting 3D archery, um, especially the summer shoots. I I shoot a 3D winter league, which is awesome and a ton of fun, but the summer shoots are great because they usually take you through a wooded course and you're hiking, walking around, and get to go to, you know, usually 25 to 30 targets. Um, this one happened to be one where you, it, they didn't tell you the distance, and you also couldn't use a range finder, so it's super realistic. You had to judge the distance at every target, and I shot one of, like, the best rounds I've shot in the last, like, five years, so uh, that was a huge confidence boost. Um, things are going well. I'm just going to continue to keep up the regimen with shooting and, and keeping the confidence uh, up high heading into, heading into the season.
0: Yeah, that's good to hear. And I bet that felt pretty great to shoot a good round like that. But it kind of reminds me of the conversation we had with Rich Wooten uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, and, and some of the instruction that he had given on overcoming target panic and some of those things. And I know I kind of ran, ran by him what I had done a couple of years ago when I was going through a similar thing and I don't know if he really seemed to think that, um, it was a tried and true method of, of mine, but it certainly worked. I I just went back to shooting my old bow at a super low poundage. And I think it's kind of the same concept that you were talking about Colby, like being so close to the target where you almost can't not hold that pin on there. I was shooting this old bow at such a low poundage that, like, I could just hold it forever and ever and ever. So it took away that urgency, I, I guess, to punch that, that trigger as soon as it was on the target because I knew I could just hold it forever. And, like, if it wobbled around, it was going to be fine because I could get it back on there. And that worked for me, just drilling with that for a, a, couple, a couple nights, just shooting it on that lower poundage bow. And then next thing you know, I was back, ready to go, right as rain. So... I guess whatever works for you to overcome that, that target panic. But once you do it, it's a pretty good feeling for sure. Um, yeah, exactly. I don't
3: think there's any specific, you know, way to skin the cat when it comes to that. Right. Uh, you know, everyone's a little different and can, it takes a little bit different for everybody to break out of it. Some guys can snap out of it really quick. Some guys, it takes years. Um, like I said, I've been dealing with it for at least over a year, if not, two years and how Eli probably would say, yeah, I've been dealing with it forever when it comes to the gun, but cause I've certainly had enough misses with the gun, but um, hmm. maybe that's just buck fever, but that's, hmm. that's confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's definitely felt good to feel like I'm making strides and I, I know I'm not totally out of it, um, but uh, making strides and feeling a lot more confident has been a really good feeling here lately over the last couple of
0: weeks. Good. Well, I know we're coming up on a half an hour here, um, and I, I do want to keep it short. We've been coming at you pretty pretty heavy here with a couple of good guests um, the past couple of weeks, and I know we have a few more in the works in the weeks to come. Um, so we'll we'll keep it short on this one. But, Colby, do you want to just kind of preview uh, a little bit of an event coming up this, this coming weekend?
3: Yeah, it's getting excited. We're going to do a little uh... – I don't know what we're really calling it or terming it, but buck fever outdoors, kind of like a little kickoff night. All the Eli's coming across the state to uh, partake. We have our fantasy football draft uh, that I've been the commissioner for. We've been, this is, believe it or not, our 27th year of that. Um, and Eli's been in it for, I don't know, probably 20 of those years, um, something like that. But we have our draft on Saturday, so he's coming across the state. Um He's going to be here, so I put out the invite to both of you guys. I said, hey, why don't we all get together at my place and kind of have a good a kickoff event where we shoot our bows, maybe film a few things. Uh, my basement just got refinished. Uh, we can, you know, shoot a podcast, throw on all the videos from last year, um, just kind of hang out, watch some of our stuff, have a good time, have some good conversation, uh, and just kind of get jacked up and excited for deer season. So, uh, I'm gonna make some, grill out some venison, and we'll be eating some venison. Uh, I think uh, the the old boys here might get paid up on their their turkey hunting bet. That's uh, <laughs> what I'm looking forward. A couple of beverages might get put back, and uh, we'll have a good time. It'll be a good kind of kickoff for uh, start to uh, hopefully a successful 2023 hunting season for all of us.
0: Yeah, I'm super excited for it. Eli, what what uh just to confirm now, what what are the goodies that we owe you here?
1: Well, I mean considering uh we pitched the shutout uh <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't seem like much, but you know, it's a it's a, a thirty pack of bush light and a bottle of wild turkey.
0: Okay, that's what I that's what I had remembered as well, but I just wanted to confirm.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, you you can't you can't make the young guys pay too much on, on something like
2: that.
0: Well I heard this was just coming out of Jake's pocket anyways.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, I still still living at home, so
0: Yeah, so you you must be able to cover it then, huh?
2: Right. I mean as long as they share.
0: <laughs> yeah we'll make sure yes, all right well i am super looking forward to that um going to be a great night for us to hang out and get pumped for the season but i know we're also going to try to get some content out of that night as well so there should be some good stuff coming out on that um and then we've got a couple other good guests coming up on the podcast, another video or two before the season starts, and then it's gonna be deer hunting for a while. And I know we're all super pumped for that, so we'll keep it short here. We'll wrap things up. Um, make sure you guys are subscribed to our YouTube channel so that you don't miss out on all this stuff coming up, and stick with us here over the next couple of weeks before we get to the good stuff. So thank you guys for watching. Thank you for listening.